Hello, I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome to another edition of Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about the differences in practices for fall sports, especially from years ago as compared to today. Now, I know there are a lot of sports that are played in the fall, but we're going to concentrate in particular on football, simply because football players wear all that gear. They wear the pads, they wear the helmet, which makes things a lot more difficult especially in the dog days of August. In normal circumstances, high school kids would be thankful that they've gotten through August, the dog days of August, the heat and humidity of August. That would be the normal circumstance, but of course things are much different this year because of the coronavirus. So we're going to take a look back at the dog days of August and how things were different for high school football players years ago as they are to today. And one of the biggest differences, and when you hear from a, a lot of people I talk with, former coaches and uh, former players, the amount of water they were allowed to have during the course of practice. But there are other changes as well. Physical differences from practices a year ago, verbal differences from years ago, all those come into play. And one of the things that you'll notice, not just the water that I talked about, but Gatorade or Powerade or some of those other sport drinks that players are administered or allowed to have during practices these days that they could not have years ago. So we're going to begin with a couple of longtime players, Michael Bradovich and Herbie Phelps. They both played in the early to mid-60s, their high school football. Michael Bradovich played for Lynch East Main High School over in far eastern Kentucky in the mountains, and uh, he graduated from there in the mid-60s. And he talked about a couple of things. First of all, talked about the coaches back then, how the coaches were different, how much they could do, how much they could get away with back in those days that a coach wouldn't be allowed to do today. But back then, it was just very normal for coaches to be as physical and um, verbal as they were. And that's how we begin our conversation. Here's Michael Bradovich. What did he do back then that coaches couldn't get away with today? Well, he's, he was pretty physically hands-on. Now, now, today, I don't know if they can lay hands on you or not. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, you know, grab you and push you. But now he he would get, I mean, if you messed up tremendously, he he would be, his hands would be on your numbers on your jersey. They, he would pull you to your chest, and you would be face-to-face with him and, he would be unloading on you, <laughs> you know, verbally, not physically, but, but verbally. The hands, the hands on were. Uh, I mean, he's he's to get your attention that way. Did he ever have any drills that you think that they probably wouldn't put kids through today? The big, well, not the drills, but but again, that you know, they just we just didn't have water at practice, to, you know, to go drink out of, but there was no no water hydrants or water faucets that we could use. Now, occasionally, some of the kids that lived around there, if you knew them, they would go get a pop bottle and fill it up with water at their house and, and sneak it over to you. Uh, and then later on, as we moved on up towards the uh, the new field, as they call it, uh, Leland Stadium, uh, there was a creek running up there. And uh, so... By this time, we we could we could go over to the, and drink out of the creek. You had to go down an embankment and go to the creek. 
But prior to moving to the new field, say during a hot August practice, you'd go the entire practice with no water. Don't ever remember having water, no. Drinking out of a creek, I don't know that uh, that would be allowed anywhere today because <laughs> you don't know whether the creek is polluted, what's in the creek, but back then in the 60s, I'm sure those players were happy to drink any water they could get. So if it came out of a creek, they were more than happy to get it from there. Anyway, we're going to move on from uh, Michael Bradovich to Herbie Phelps. And uh, Herbie played for Old Kentucky Home High School down in Bardstown. He was one of the greatest players to ever come out of this state. A, a great running back, recruited by many schools, ended up signing with Bear Bryant down at the University of Alabama. But Herbie also talked about what their practices were like during those dog days of August when you were preparing for the first game of the season. The other thing that you never see today would be, you know, when we got ready to go out, everybody got handed their salt tablets. It didn't matter, uh, you know, how hot or what it was. And, and you didn't get any water until you come in. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you, back then, it didn't see happen that today is commonplace. Well, back then, too, coaches were more physical with players, correct? Well, yes, and, you know, and that, that, was, uh, uh, that was pretty much a common thing. I mean, not, you didn't even really think a lot about it, you know. I mean, when you were playing, a very verbal and physical together, you know, type situation, you know, it, as far as the, the, the discipline part. They took those salt tablets to replace all the salt they perspired during the course of practice. As you probably know, when you perspire, you lose uh, a lot of minerals in the body, and one of them you lose is salt, and that has to be replaced. So back then, they took salt tablets to make sure all that salt was replaced. Nowadays, they have Gatorade, Powerade, drinks such as that that do the job, but didn't have those back then. Herbie also talked about uh, when he got sweating so much, his shirt under his pads was soaked in sweat. He would often just uh, use the shirt, whether suck on the shirt or rub the shirt across his tongue just to get any moisture whatsoever they could get in him during the course of practice. He said, yeah, it sounds kind of gross, but that's what you did when you didn't get water during practice. You had to do something because your mouth was so dry and you were starving for any type of hydration. So that's what he did. Anyway, that's the uh, viewpoint from a couple of players from back in the 60s. I'm going to talk to some longtime coaches when we come back and get their perspective on changes that have occurred with high school football from many years ago to what we're seeing today. So stay with me. That and more coming up in just a moment. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment, tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine, what you can do is you can call 211. 
that's just 211 and it's toll free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is and they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270-737-6608. We are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones. And so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211. And if all else fails, once again, the United Way office at 270-737-6608. Thank you. Be well. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. Thank you for joining me. And we're talking about high school football and the changes we've seen over the years. The first segment talked with a couple of uh, former players who played back in the 60s, mainly about the changes in practice, physical as well as verbal, but uh, mostly physical. And a lot of talk about how you couldn't have water during practice back then, especially the dog days of August when teams were practicing only not playing any games yet. It was really a tough time. In this segment, I'm going to talk to a couple of former coaches. And I'm going to begin with Jack Morris. And Jack Morris was a longtime coach at Mayfield High School down in western Kentucky, head coach there from, for uh, 24 years, from 1969 through 92. Very successful as a coach. During those 24 seasons, he took his team to the state championship game nine times. And he won uh, four of them. So, uh, again, very successful. One of the all-time winningest coaches in Kentucky high school football history. Coach Morris's son, Joe, is now the head football coach at Mayfield, trying to follow in his dad's footsteps of success. But uh, let's get back to Jack. As I say, a longtime coach down there. And I talked to him about not just the physical part of the game as far as practices go, but the game overall, how everything with high school football, or many things with high school football, how they've changed over the years. Here's that conversation. So, Coach, you started as a head coach at Mayfield back in 1969. What's the biggest differences you see between coaching back then and coaching these days? Well, the thing that uh, the thing that I see as a big difference is is in the offense more than anything else. Um, Back in, in in those days, you know, people, I get a lot of questions. Why didn't you throw the ball like your son? You know, he's, he's throwing it 25, 30 times a game. You know, they're throwing for as many yards as, as they're rushing for or even more sometimes. And uh, you I, you really couldn't uh, tell you the truth. The, uh, the the difference has been in the uh, the way you can block. If, if uh, you block like they block now, you get a hold and call every play. And I think if you know some of the older guys will tell you that you couldn't get your hands away from your body to pass block, and a lot of people didn't grab the hold of their jersey, grab their numbers, so their hands wouldn't get away because officials would call if you got your hands away like they block now. It was holding, and you certainly couldn't pass block nearly as effective as they do now because you know you can get your hands on them and keep them inside and pretty much even hold. Uh, quite a bit uh, and get away with it. Back then, you really couldn't. 
practices were much more, I don't know, strenuous, brutal, difficult back then compared to today? Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And uh, my son will tell you that uh, when we played, when he played back in the 60s and the, in the 70s and 80s and along in there, he was in the 80s. Um, of course, you know, we, we went two a days um, for two weeks. Uh, I mean, it, it, in the 100-degree weather, and of course, you didn't worry about the, the heat back then like they do now, and which is a great thing that they've come up with. I mean, uh, you know, when I first started, we didn't even give water much. You know, they had, you would have water breaks uh, maybe twice and, you know, twice during practice, and now, of course, you, you know, give them all the water they want, but yeah, the, the, the practices were a lot more physical because you, you were bucking, your linemen were doing you know, mostly nothing but just down and, and firing off the ball and, and hitting people. And, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's altogether different now. You know, it's uh, people are throwing the football, and uh, it's a lot of position blocking and that type of thing. So you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it, is a, it, is, it was more of a physical game back then in high school and, uh, than it is, is today. We took a lot of chances. The best thing I think that ever happened was we started giving water, you know, during practice. It helped the practice. I mean, we would go for an hour and a half in that, and I mean, they'd just be, you know, dragging. And once we started letting them have water all the time, it it helped the practice. It was, and it, it made it a lot safer than than what we did. But we were very lucky. I felt, you know, because we really pushed them during this time of the year. Did you deny your players water just because that's that's what all coaches did at that time? Yeah, they, you know they they was kind of a feeling that you know they give they give salt tablets which now they say you shouldn't do, and uh, of course uh, we'd have water breaks, but uh, you know they wouldn't you know you just didn't have all the water. I don't know the 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 idea was that I was a young coach and I kind of you know just did what all the other coaches did and. The very little water. I remember the first time was uh, Marshall Patterson from Fort Campbell when uh, we started giving water. Come up with we had a, a made a, a, a type of a pipe that would run water all the time, and you could just go over there and get a drink of you know water any time that you wanted to. And it and you, you talk about uh, you talk about helping practice. It really did. It was and it, and it made it a lot safer. So. That was a great, you know, one of the great things that uh, that happened. From Coach Morris, we're going to move to Mark Brown. And Mark Brown, a longtime football coach in this state, just wrapped up his 38th season last year. And he has retired, actually retired for the second time. He retired once, sat out a year and came back. And now he's retired again. He says this time it's for good. But 38 years as a high school football coach, he coached at Marion County, Nelson County and Nelson County he took that school to its only state football championship back in the mid-90s the only time that school has ever won a state championship and uh, that happened under Mark Brown then he coached at John Harden and he wrapped up his career at Elizabethtown and so Mark Brown a great career 331 career wins and that ranks him fifth all time in the state of Kentucky high school coaching wins. So I talked with Mark Brown about his experiences both as a player and as a coach and what he saw the changes to be over the years with practices with high school football. Back when, even back when you were playing, first started coaching, 
What's the biggest difference you've seen in what a coach can do at practice? I think there's, of course, much more of an emphasis on safety today than there was back then. That's not to say they didn't try to be safe, you know. I remember the the salt pills and and all that kind of stuff, and uh, don't drink any water; it'll make a man out of you, and that, that that kind of thing. Those those kind of things did go on a lot, and uh, but it, it seems like now it, it's so much more scientific in the way you approach things, and and uh, so and and you actually, I think now have longer to get kids in in shape and things like that. So. You don't have to. Back then, I think they tried to. They brought you in, tried to cram everything in the two or three weeks to get you in shape to go and everything. And so, it's a it, it it's a it's a lot different. And of course, there's so many things to go along with it too. The the, the way football's played today and and uh, the, the equipment that you have today versus back then. So there's a a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of difference. Back when you played, do you remember going a practice? With little or no water? Oh yeah, sure. You know that I remember nowadays. Uh, I remember uh, taking a helmet in the thigh or something like that, where you get uh, a big bruise, and they would. Uh, I remember taking a sort of a can, an analgesic can, a spray can, and they'd roll it out and rub it out. Of course, you'd be screaming while they're doing stuff, but uh, that kind of thing with trainers today and stuff would would never happen anything like that. But yeah, I remember, you know, just feel like you're breathing dust out there because there's, you know, and uh, when I started, when I started coaching back in 77, we had water, you know, and, and we've, uh, and, and I can't remember coaching even at a time when you didn't give kids water, you know, things like that. I think back in the, you talk about the 60s and 70s, I think back then kids were more acclimated to the heat because a lot of them didn't have air conditioning. They didn't spend as much time indoors because they didn't have computer games. They didn't have video games. It's funny you said that because we, we did. We asked one time. We, you know, we asked the doctors thing. How did in the old days? How did kids get through? Because you know they didn't uh, they didn't get the water breaks and they and they didn't worry about the heat index and things like that and he said exactly just what you said he said because back then kids didn't ride around in air conditioning cars most of the homes didn't have air conditioning you know they might have room air conditioners or fans something like that and he said they were just more acclimated to it and, and it didn't bother them as much he said nowadays kids don't grow up like that that's why that's a big difference you think a coach could ever get away today with denying water. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Just because of the legal ramifications and safety uh, things such as that, you know, and it's it's today it's you know there's water there and uh, and you can get it any time you need it and, and things like that. And, and so no, you cannot get away with anything like that today. I want to go back to Coach Morris down in Mayfield for just a second because I asked him about that as well. Back then, many years ago, they didn't concern themselves, obviously, with giving kids water during practice. We've talked about that. And there was no concern about the temperature. I mean, you practice no matter the temperature. Today, if the heat index gets to a certain level, there are certain restrictions put on football practice so that the kids are not out in full pads. That didn't happen back then. But yet, years ago, you didn't hear about a kid dying, tragically, of... uh, 
heat exhaustion or something of that nature, or even uh, passing out or having any type of heat-related issue. And I also ask him, why did that not happen back then when you were denying water, when you were practicing no matter the temperature? Why did it not happen back then and you do see it happening today when so many more safety protocols are in place? Tremendous amount of our kids worked outside. A lot of them, you know, they were uh, they had a job in the summer of hauling hay and things like that. They worked in the sun just about all summer. And I think the problem right now is, you know, they stay inside uh, watching uh, the TV screen and uh, playing the games on them. And uh, they're not really out there, and they're, they're not really accustomed. Many of those, many of the young men now are not, uh, not as accustomed to the heat as they were uh, back then. And, uh, of course, you know, it was, uh, it was still, it was awfully hot. The field of science has said forever that uh, you adapt to your surroundings, you adapt to your environment. So what they touched on is probably accurate. Back then with kids being outdoors so much more, not having air conditioning as much as they have it today, their bodies just acclimated to the heat, humidity, and the situations they were living in. And so it made those situations much more bearable when they were outside in the heat of August practicing football. All right, so when we come back, one more coach we're going to hear from, and this is the longest tenured coach in Kentucky high school football history. And not only has he been coaching the longest, he also has the most wins, and he's still coaching today. His records are quite remarkable, and we will hear from him when we come back. So stay with us. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. I'll see you in just a moment. first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I grow trail. Up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny port. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. Thank you for joining me. Happy to have you along. And we're talking high school football. In particular, the changes in high school football from several years ago to today. And I wanted to do this topic this week because this would normally be the time when high school football players would be wrapping up the August practices, the dreaded August practices where the heat and humidity are at their worst. Of course, this year things were different, but in the past 
That's the way things were. And you've heard from former players, even some coaches, talking about how back many years ago, players practiced without any water breaks. If they got a water break, it was very few, but oftentimes they got no water at all during practice. Talking about some of the other changes that have occurred in high school football. And I want to hear from one other coach. I want you to hear from one other coach, and that is Philip Haywood. And the reason I want you to hear from him is because he is the longest tenured coach in Kentucky high school football history. He has coached 45 years in high school football, and uh, he's not done yet. He has not retired. He's still on the job. He's been coaching at Belfry High School since 1984. Prior to that, he coached at Prestonsburg High School for nine seasons. So he began his high school head coaching career way back in 1975, and he's still at it, still at Belfry. Last year, his Belfry team won the uh, 3A football championship. They were 11-3 on the year. And as a matter of fact, they've won the 3A title five of the last seven years. They won it in 2013, 14, 15, 16, did not win it in 17 and 18, and came back to win it again in 19. So they won five of the last seven titles in 3A. And as I said, went 11 and 3 last year and won the championship then. And he's been to the championship game as a coach 13 times and has won seven of them. So he's the longest tenured high school football coach in Kentucky high school football history with 45 seasons under his belt, and he's still going. He's not retired yet. Just in case you're wondering, behind him with most seasons is Bob Schneider. He coached at Newport Central Catholic for 44 years, one year behind Haywood, who's coached 45. Philip Haywood also the most victories under his belt, and he has a pretty tremendous lead there. 449 career wins to Dudley Hilton's 393. So almost 50 more wins in his career than Dudley Hilton, who's in second place. So quite a career for Philip Haywood. As I said, he's still going. So I thought we should hear from him about all the changes he's seen in high school football since he began as a head coach in 75. And he was an assistant prior to that and also a player prior to that. So since he began in 75 to today, where he is still going strong. Here's our conversation. What do you see as the big differences between back when even you played, when you started out coaching, to today? Well, I think there's two or three things that have evolved over time uh, in the grand scheme of things. I think the level of coaching throughout the state of Kentucky and probably all over America has drastically improved on the high school level. I think that sometimes that you had to maybe a mindset of, well, we'll just get the good old boy next door or pull a guy out of the classroom and he, he could be a football coach. And I think that's changed now. And people realize there's an art to this and a little bit of skills involved. And so I, th- I think the coaching's changed. I think the other thing that has changed is the, uh, the involvement of the athlete. I think kids are getting bigger, faster, and stronger. Now, at the same time, you know, they may be getting, uh, I don't know if uh, exactly the right word for this, but, you know, they're spending a lot more time on computers and video games. 
but I think our society is just getting larger. So we're, we're producing uh, more athletes going on to college now in Kentucky than we ever have. And I think a lot of that has to do with more specified strength training programs. And when I first started in, in 75, uh, where, where we were, that was just kind of a novelty almost. You know, you could get a universal machine and get eight or ten kids working on it and, and, and didn't really have what you call a program of weights anywhere near to what we have today. So I think, I think kids are taking more on themselves and then along those same traits. I think the exposure of some of these camps where colleges are getting out to see our kids has maybe enticed some of our players to work a little bit harder to get noticed, especially in rural areas where we are because it's always been difficult for our kids to get out to be seen. And I think that's been a, a big plus. So I think there's, there's two or three things taking place. I think the athletes are working harder uh, to be noticed and to develop. I think they're getting a little bigger and faster maybe than they were when you know, I first started coaching. And then I think the level of coaching has really improved uh, just throughout the state, the competitive level and the knowledge base of what coaches are doing. Back when you started coaching, even as an assistant, it wasn't uncommon for coaches to deny players water, which would never be considered today. But that was very common back then. Well, it, it probably was. Now, when I played, that was very common. <laughs> we could get water at the end of practice and, and things like that. But I, I was never on a staff that where you didn't have water breaks. So I, I wasn't brought up that way as a coach. But as a player, I certainly remember those days that that was just something you didn't do during practice was to drink water. And if you did get one, uh, you know, it was it was like a, a miracle from heaven that came down that you got to get a drink of water during practice because that just wasn't the common standard. So I think the safety of the game, uh, the way people approach it now from a medical standpoint and just the knowledge that we have of how to protect our kids a little bit better and try to do the right thing has certainly come along over the years. What's the biggest difference in a high school kid from, say, the 70s when you got started to today? I think one of the biggest differences is that in the 70s, kids just basically did what they were told to do. And I think today it really helps, or and I don't know if it's a difference in kids or if it's just a difference in the way we coach, but I think kids today want to know a little more about why. You know, why, why are we doing this? What's the, what's the reason behind it? And even though we still say, hey, you know, you just got to do certain things, I, I do think they ask more questions. And if you can explain things to them and get them to understand, to be on the same page with you, it works a lot better. I was just reading a book the other day from an NFL coach, and he said he had to change the way he coached uh, to get players to understand and communicate better with him. And it was because he had what he called an old-school mentality that he said, well, just do it. And, And today's player wants to know, well, why are we doing these things? Why do we do certain little things that make a difference in success? So I think I think we've got a much uh, more knowledgeable young person coming up today. Uh, they're exposed to so much more. Uh, so a lot of it's good. Some of it probably isn't so good. But I think that's that's a big difference in the way kids are today. It might be what they used to be. Going to break away from Coach Haywood here for a second and get back to Mark Brown. You heard from him in our last segment. And um, he has coached 38 years. Kentucky High School football, 
and um, he just retired from Elizabethtown High School. He coached at four schools in the state, most of them, well, all of them in central Kentucky, Marion County, Nelson County, John Hardin, which is in Hardin County, then Elizabethtown, which is also in Hardin County. So he retired at the end of last season after 38 years as a high school football coach. But I asked him the same question I asked Coach Haywood since they've both been around high school kids for several years and Brown just wrapping up his career. So I asked Mark Brown the same question as Philip Haywood. What's the biggest difference he sees in kids from back when he started coaching to today? The thing that's the same about kids, they all they want to win. And, you know, the old cliches that you hear, uh, you know, about they don't care if they know how much you care about them and stuff, but those things are pretty well true. You know, kid, kids know if you really care about them, things like that. And, and so from, from that standpoint, you know, there's not a, not a big difference, I, I don't think. I think that, the, the, of course, kids have it, if you want to say they have it easier today, yeah, they probably do overall have it easier today. There's more distractions with cell phones and everything else, you know, and stuff. Um, and with all the, the social media is the big thing, in my opinion, that, that I won't say ruined everything, but hurt things because it, it is, is that lends itself to a me culture. It's all about me. What, what, what can I can get, what you can do for me. That that's, I think the social media has caused a little bit of that. Uh, like I say, for the most part, kids are the same as they've always been. You know, they're, they're, they're going to do what you, you know, they're going to, most of them are going to do what they're supposed to do. And, and, and most of them are going to try and hustle because they want to win. But still, the, the social media thing has, has brought the parents into it. And it's what have you done for my kid lately and this kind of thing today a lot. And so that, that's, that's the difference, I, I guess I'd say. All right, we're going to get back to Philip Haywood, Coach Haywood, for next segment because, as I mentioned, he's had 45 years of coaching, and he's the longest-tenured high school football coach in Kentucky high school history, and he's still going. He's at Belfry High School, and he's planning on continuing his career at the age of 69. So when we come back, we'll talk to him about why he still wants to do it, what keeps his juices flowing, why he loves this so much and doesn't want to call it quits just yet. So that conversation coming up when we return. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment and tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine, what you can do is you can call 211. That's just 211 and it's toll free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is and they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270-737-6608. 
we are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones, and so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211, and if all else fails, once again, the United Way office at 270-737-6608. Thank you, be well. Gary Fogel, welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories, where we look back at memorable moments in Kentucky sports history. And we've been look, looking back at Kentucky high school football in this show, and especially high school football in August, when it's the dog days of practice, and many players in the old days, back in the 60s and 70s, oftentimes went entire practice without water, didn't get any water breaks. Maybe they got one or two, but oftentimes none at all and also some of the other changes that uh, you wouldn't see today that you did see back in that time. Gonna take a little change in direction here. I'm gonna look at the present and the future because in the last segment, I talked to Philip Haywood, who is the head football coach at Belfry High School. That's in far eastern Kentucky over in Pike County. And um, he's still on the job. He's the longest tenured high school football coach in Kentucky history. 45 years and still going strong and he says he has no plans to retire anytime soon we'll talk about that so we want to look at him his career where he wants to go with his career and why he's still doing it why he's been involved in coaching for all these years and why he hasn't called it quits yet so let's continue our conversation with philip haywood of belfry high school i gotta ask you've been coaching I would assume with the number of years you were an assistant coach combined with the number of years you've been a head coach, 50-plus years, why do you still do it? Well, I think that in life, people uh, struggle with this sometimes, and I've been very fortunate to have found a, a passion and a purpose in my life. And I feel like that as, as a coach, you have a chance to make a difference in young people's lives. And we all like to get out and compete on Friday night. There's nothing like winning and there's nothing like losing. But in the grand scheme of things, when, when, that, when that youngster comes back when they're 35 years old and says, you know, you made a difference for me. You, you taught me discipline and you taught me how to do things the right way. And you helped me become the person I am today. You know, you, you, you've kind of got into something that maybe be a little bigger than what you are. You know, it's bigger than, than you. And I think that's what we're all looking for. And I was very fortunate to understand this at a young age. And for me, this has always been my purpose. It's always been my passion was to make a difference in kids' lives. And I just feel like football was a great vehicle to do that with. I enjoyed the game. I wasn't a great player by any means, but I enjoyed playing. Uh, but I, I've always felt that it could make a difference in, in the way you developed, the way you grew, the way you matured by going through the process. Whether you're a great player, an average player, or you didn't play very much at all, you still learn the same traits, the same skills that would lead to a successful life. Do you still have the same passion for coaching now as you did back when you got started? I, I think I do. I, I may have I'd be more passionate about it now. 
uh, maybe because I know as you get older, your length of uh, service could run out at any day. You know, your, your time's limited, whether it's your health or other things that might take place. But I think I understand the reason and the why of coaching much more now than I did when I was younger. You know, when you're young, you just want to get out there and coach and win and get get kids fired up and do the right thing. But I, I think as I've gone through my career, I've come to understand what the game's really about. And, yes, I still love the winning. I still love going out on Friday nights. I don't think there's anything like that. I enjoy the practices. But the the, the real I guess kicker to me is to know that that you're making a difference in young people. You're helping them grow and develop at a very uh, opportune time in their lives that can make it a difference in who they're going to be later on. What's the biggest difference in a high school kid from, say, the 70s when you got started to today? I think one of the biggest differences is that in the 70s, kids just basically did what they were told to do. And I think today it really helps, or and I don't know if it's a difference in kids or if it's just a difference in the way we coach, but I think kids today want to know a little more about why. You know, why, why are we doing this? What's the, what's the reason behind it? And even though we still say, hey, you know, you just got to do certain things, I, I do think they ask more questions. And if you can explain things to them and get them to understand, to be on the same page with you, it works a lot better. I was just reading a book the other day from an NFL coach, and he said he had to change the way he coached uh, to get players to understand and communicate better with him. And it was because he had what he called an old-school mentality that he said, well, just do it. And, And today's player wants to know, well, why are we doing these things? Why do we do certain little things that make a difference in success? So I think I think we've got a much uh, more knowledgeable young person coming up today. Uh, they're exposed to so much more. Uh, some, a lot of it's good. Some of it probably isn't so good. But I think that's that's a big difference in the way kids are today. It might be what they used to be. So you're saying you've evolved as a coach? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm much better today than I was 10 years ago, let alone 30 years ago. And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm almost embarrassed of, of some of the mistakes that I made or things that I did when I was a younger coach. Not not that it was intentional or anything, but you, you, you do kind of what you see, you do what you observe, you do what you think is the right thing. But if you're really in, persistent about being good at your craft, you're going to evolve, you're going to get better, you're going to study, you're going to learn from other people. And I've always tried to do that. I've never been the kind of person to think I've had a lock on coaching or, or news better more than anyone else. So I've always gone in with a very open mind. And, you know, whether I go to a clinic or a college or just listen to high school coaches, say, man, these guys know a lot more than I do. And I think that's a good way to learn right there. So, yes, I'm, I'm certainly uh, evolving as a coach, and uh, hopefully I'm getting better. Uh, each year as we go through seasons, uh, one season after another. I've got to ask, how old are you? I am uh, 69. So you feel like you've got a lot more years left in you? Well, I take coaching. one year at a time, and I've been doing that for some time. Uh, if anyone asks how much longer you're going to coach, I say uh, I'm good for another year. And I think as long as my health is good, uh, my family's on board with it, and, uh, you know, I'm still making a contribution then, then, and I'm good for another year. 
and that's kind of the way I've been approaching coaching now for for a few years. Again, Coach Haywood has coached 45 years high school football here in Kentucky, most by any coach in Kentucky high school football history, and he's still going strong, coming back for more, is not retired yet. I'm going to circle back to Mark Brown, whom I talked to earlier in the show, because Mark Brown coached 38 seasons of high school football and just retired at the end of last season coaching at Elizabethtown High School. So I asked Mark what he thought about Coach Haywood's longevity in high school football as far as coaching. Coach Haywood has been coaching 45 years and he's still going. So what do you think of that? Gosh, uh, well, you know, I, I, I thought I was in a long time. My goodness, 45 years is still going. And if I'm not mistaken, hadn't he been at Belfry most of that time? Yeah, all but nine years. All but nine years, yes. This, I, it's just very unusual. I mean, you've got to have a lot of respect for him to stay in it as long as he has. And, and, and my goodness, look how successful he's been. And not only that, but to stay at the same place as long as he did. And uh, he, must, he must love it down there, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it says a lot for him. They, they love him there, and, and uh, it's, it must be a, a nice fit for him there in Belfry. You know, maybe maybe you shouldn't retire and stick around. You might catch him in a few years. <laughs> I don't think so. I had a few years, and I moved around to different, different times and different places, and, and uh, I don't know if I could ever stay in one place all the time. Mark Brown retiring after 38 seasons as a high school football coach, but maybe not completely retiring because his son, Ross, is taking over the head coaching jobs at Elizabethtown, the job that Mark left, where Ross was an assistant coach under his dad, and now Ross has become the head coach. And Ross, the son, has asked dad to come back and coach the freshman team. So Mark says he may be coaching the E-Town freshman team this year, so he is giving up head coaching duties overall and a lot of the paperwork and the headaches that go with that, but may still be involved with the game on the sidelines this season as the freshman coach for E-Town High School. I guess these guys just can't quite get away from the sport. So my thanks to Mark Brown as well as Jack Morris down in Mayfield, and I'd also certainly like to thank uh, Philip Haywood, head football coach at Belfry, all of them for their time and talking with me about this show and changes they've seen over the years in high school football here in Kentucky. Always my thanks to you for tuning in, and I hope you'll be back with me next week. We're going to be on sort of the same topic next week about changes in coaching, but this time it's going to be on the college football level and one team in particular, University of Kentucky. If you remember back in the early 60s, several players departed the UK Wildcat football team when a new coach was hired, they ended up calling that team the Thin 30. And that's because some of the brutal coaching techniques that were used when that new coach came on board. So I'm going to ask you straight up, what was it like playing for Charlie Bradshaw? Pure hell. It was pure hell. It was, uh, you know, he, he came back to Kentucky, uh, going to be the next Bear Bryant. And I think he tried to outdo Bear Bryant. He, he, was, uh, he did some, some bad, bad things. That's the voice of Dave Gash, one of the former U.K. players who stuck it out when Charlie Bradshaw was hired as the new football coach at the University of Kentucky back in the early 60s. Again, they were called the Thin 30 because they started out with about 80 players on the roster, and because of Bradshaw's brutal coaching techniques, 
They were down to about 30 by the time the season got underway. So many players just left the team. They just couldn't take it anymore, couldn't play for the guy. So I don't want to say that what this show was like this week compares to next week because this show was more about coaching differences in high school that were prevalent throughout high school football. I mean, the no water, that wasn't considered mistreatment or anything like that. That's just the way things were back then. And some of the hands-on and, and verbal back then was very normal. But with Charlie Bradshaw at the University of Kentucky, things very different there. And again, why many of the players left the team. So I'll talk to a few of the former players, get their thoughts on what it was like to go through that situation back in the early 60s. And, and again, why they stuck it out. That'll be coming up next week. I certainly hope you will tune in for that. Until that time, I always like to remind you that you can get in touch with me on my uh, website. If you want to reach out to me, give me what you consider a good story idea, something I should be looking into, something I should talk about, a profile I should be doing, please do so. Go to my website, KentuckySportsMemories.com. I have a contact section there, whether you want to reach me by uh, Twitter or Facebook or email, whatever it might be, please get in touch. Give me your story ideas, any of your feedback. I always love hearing from the listeners and your comments and where you think this show should be going as far as a direction you think it should head. So please do so whenever you get that opportunity. Again, thanks for listening this week. I look forward to visiting with you next week when I talk about the UK football team in the early 60s, the Thin 30. I think you'll find it interesting. Till that time, I'm Gary Fogle, and you've been listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. See you next week. <laughs>